And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Welcome to the NBA Daily Ding on the Athletic NBA Show. Ding, ding. How about we can just watch basketball? I like that idea. Welcome to the Daily Ding here on the Athletic NBA Show. We got one more for you this week. I am Jared Weiss. I am joined by Mo DeKeel. Danielle Lehman is our producer, and we are getting to an absolute star showdown here where the Mavs beat the Sixers 133 to 126, and all the big names, they really showed up for this one. Yeah, I mean, this was a great game in the sense of, first off, it was a very weird game, Jared. Actually, I shouldn't say a great game. Um, it. It was it was close in the first half. It was a lot of fun, a lot of intensity. And then the Mavs just go completely ballistic to start the third quarter. And then proceed to give that all up and allow the Sixers back in to make it a game. It was a weird sort of game in that sense of just like a massive lead built by the, the Mavs. And, and we've seen this story before. They nearly blew it. They were up by, what, 25 late in the third quarter? And then by the early fourth, it was a what one two-possession game, basically. I mean, credit to the Sixers. They, you know, they, for some reason, just completely let go of the rope coming out of halftime. But they started really putting pressure and turning them over and getting out and running. I mean, Tyrese Maxey deserves some credit for that. Apparently, his parents do because they showed his parents oh. like 15 times on the broadcast. Tyrese Maxey deserves some credit. But I'm going to be honest, Jalen McDaniels deserves a lot of it. He brought a lot of energy oh, yeah. and juice in that third quarter. Granted, he picked up like four fouls in a span of like a minute, but uh, he, he brought a <laughs> lot of light. He brought the spark for them, and that was kind of an important thing for them because that's what they were lacking. They came out to start the third quarter completely flat, and I think the Mavs went like seven for seven or something like that to start the quarter. I mean, Reggie Bullock was hitting shots. It got pretty insane. We were kind of burying the lead here because uh, Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving, they both had 40 <laughs> points. They were both pretty much perfect. This is one of those nights, I think, this is what the Mavs have been waiting for, to see Luka and Kyrie go off. And it was, again, very difficult for the Sixers to figure out how to defend them and what they're going to do and 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 how they play off of everything. And, you know, the, the, the Mavs got it rolling, and I think that's the important aspect of it. You know, Kyrie... Jared, Kyrie was phenomenal, man. He had some beautiful finishes in the lane. I mean, he. this was the Kyrie we've kind of, this is the one we love. This is the Kyrie we love to watch on the basketball court when he goes off like this. And you love that early in the game. I mean, they're setting up several plays here where Luka's bringing it down. He's trying to find Kyrie, whether Kyrie's just for some reason completely unguarded in the corner or, you know, quick little actions to give him a screen so he can attack Joel Embiid. He was able to take advantage of Joel Embiid kind of dropping off him a little bit there early on. It seems like they're starting to find an actual idea of how they want Kyrie and Luka to play together. Yeah, I think they're both learning each other. Like, this is a anybody, any of the teams that made massive trades at the trade deadline, it's a tough assignment to figure out 
how we're going to play within 20, 25 games and to get the flow going from there. And I think that's the challenge that they have to figure out. And it's going to take them some time. I know they struggled to start the, uh, the, the pairing. They're one and four before this game. And I think this was the first game where you felt like there was a lot of fluidity and felt confident in what we saw. Yeah, and by the way, I like that Luca and Kyrie both took 22 shots, like perfect symmetry there. That's the kind of distribution you want. Um, the Sixers, this was another well-fought game, especially late in the game to get back into it, um, that they fell short on. They just had that against Boston recently. I mean, how do you feel about Philly, who was 40-21, 40-22 after this one? I mean, I feel like they're they're exactly what we've we're, we're, we've been saying for a while. They're a tier below the Bucks and the Celtics, and this is a great example of it. The things that I found really kind of odd in this game, the Anthony Melton who had been starting actually comes off the bench, and Tyrese Maxey starts. Maybe it's because he's from Dallas, and that was and his parents were in the crowd, and Doc wanted to do him a solid. <laughs> uh, but that hurts them defensively, and that's one of the things that really hurt them in the third quarter defensively because they were getting broken down him and James Harden is your backcourt yeah teams are going to attack you and that's where I think a lot of the problems started for them in that third quarter that really kind of opened things up and allowed the Mavs to build a big enough cushion for them to survive down the stretch uh Dallas outscored them 39 to 24 there in the third I mean Dallas had over 30 points those first three quarters they were pumping in that was Luka with 10 points even though we had a couple bricks there uh, Kyrie at nine, but uh, Reggie Bullock going three for three from deep that and uh, Maxi Kleba also hit a bunch of threes there. Like h- how were how was Dallas able to create so many open looks? Well, I think that's part of the challenge of having to defend Kyrie and Luca. Like my questions weren't about this team offensively. It was how they're going to be able to defend mm-hmm. more, more importantly. But I think, you know, those guys are going to create all those looks. I think, you know, think about it this way. Kyrie penetrates, kicks it out to Luca, and Luca drives, and now he's pulling even more defense in. Yeah, there's going to be some wide, wide open looks for a lot of guys on this team for the Mavs, and they and those guys need to knock it down. Reggie Bullock's been a bit iffy. I mean, he was rough in the first half and got hot in the second half. And then you have, you know, getting Maxi Kleba back, like that's an important piece in terms of them kind of getting in the flow of things. And, and and so on. But I want to say one more thing about the Sixers. They got to find a way to get Tobias Harris going and keep him going all game long. He had seven points in the first quarter and three the rest of the night. Like, that's just, that's a problem right there for them. I forgot Tobias Harris was on the team. I was actually uh, set an event for uh, the Sloan Conference uh, tonight. So incredibly easy to forget it, Jared. Because this is such a common story for them. It's just, he just disappears over and over again for them. I mean, I was just going to say, like, I was just at, at, at this uh, Sloan conference where it's a whole room full of basketball people. And we're talking about, like, who do the Sixers have that they can match up with against uh, Milwaukee or Boston in the second round? And we're like, who are their big defenders? And it literally took us like five minutes to remember about Tobias Harris is on the roster. Yeah, I mean, that's I mean, that's just it's no surprise right there. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Moving on to the Warriors shellacking the Clippers 115 to 91 with just an absolutely explosive third quarter run to blow this game open. I, I don't know how else to describe that third quarter. Uh except for the fact that it was the Jordan Poole show. I mean, he went completely <laughs> ballistic, Jared. He got 22 points just in that quarter alone. I mean, he outscored the Clippers 22 to 16. I mean, the Warriors outscored them 42 to 16. But I mean, he outscored the Warriors. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think that's kind of just one of those things. Like, he just went completely nutso in that third quarter. And it was... It was really just kind of stunning to watch. I mean, the Cl- the Clippers were just lifeless in that quarter. It was forty two to sixteen advantage after the Clippers had you know been winning in the first half and looked like they were pretty solid in the first half. And you could see guys like Paul George just on the on the bench just shaking their heads, watching as this quarter was going on. And you know the Clippers they made an obvious change to their team, and I don't think that Russ was the reason this thing went wrong. Wrong, but I'm just wondering especially with also Mason Plumlee is out there too. He had 20 rebounds in this game. Eric Gordon is out there. How did you feel about the way the Clippers came out of the locker room and just like look like they had completely lost who they are with the way that they have this new roster configured? Yeah, I think this is, again, a team that still doesn't know who the hell they are. And I think part of that has to do with all of the load management that they've done throughout this season has really led to this where these guys don't know each other on the court. And I think, and then you make a massive move and bring in a guy like Russ, who is going to require guys to adjust and get used to how he plays. They're they're bringing in a piece when they don't have any culture. They don't have any real kind of identity offensively, except for just, hey, everything's going to be ISO, 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 and let's just hope Kawhi has a hell of a game. And I think that's kind of their identity, and that's a problem. Defensively, they've really struggled. It was really just, kind of depressing to watch. And then I'm just looking at Ty Lue going, like, I just don't understand why you can't put Terrence Mann in the starting lineup. Look, he wasn't very good in this game, but there wasn't really a good clipper in this game tonight. That's fair. And, you know, I should have said, should have been more accurate about this third quarter. They actually were like, okay, for the first few minutes coming out of the third quarter, uh, coming out of halftime. It was like a almost immediate switch flipped halfway through this third quarter and the Warriors completely ran away with it. And I think one of the things you saw there was just so many blown defensive assignments especially in transition it seemed like the clippers when they were getting back and they're you know and it's not like they're like defending a fast break but just even getting back they were making mistakes once the warriors kind of broke through with that first action of the play yeah i mean no they just were very lackadaisical defensively but that's been the case for them really the past few months at this point like their their defense has really flipped in terms of where it was at the start of the season to what it is now it's a lot of it is the intensity has dropped off i mean there's a lot of just laziness and things like that draymond making a great pass to kevon looney in transition who just cuts behind Kawhi leonard and Kawhi doesn't even notice that he's behind him until it's too late like just a lot of mistakes across the board from this team i one thing that needs to be clear and and, and said multiple times the clippers problems are a lot deeper than just oh, we signed Russell Westbrook. They have a ton of issues across the board, and it really starts with how they approach the game on a nightly basis. 
All right, well, the Warriors are creeping up on home court advantage somehow. The They're only a game and a half behind the Suns, who just got KD back, and they're about to get Seth back. So are the Warriors going to win first place? In the division, maybe. I don't <laughs> I don't know if that nobody's catching the nuggets at this point. But you got to keep an eye on the Warriors as it sounds like they're going to get stuff back here any day, you know, somewhere in the next couple of games on this road trip that they have. This is I mean, does this not sound familiar to the story we saw last season with this Warriors team? They're going to get healthy at the right time. They're getting rolling and peaking at the right time. They're getting monster minutes from guys like Jordan Poole, who struggled throughout the season. Uh, Dante DiVincenzo's hitting shots. Clay's been amazing. Like, I, It's scary at this point. This is the team you're looking at going like, I don't want to play them in the first round, Jared. This segment is brought to you by BetMGM. And I want to talk about this bet that I think is pretty interesting, which is the Suns versus the Bulls. The total is 222 and a half right there. I just love the cleanliness of 222 right there. That's for one of KD's first games against a Chicago team that just brought in Pat Beverly and he just had 10 dimes the other night. I want to take the over on that one. All right, well, I don't want to end the show now, but we're going to have to. So for Mo Keel and our producer, Daniel Lehman, I'm Jared Weiss. And we will see you next week on The Dig. Ding, ding. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.